0: You're listening to Fresh Take. You are listening to the Fresh Take Network. Don't do niggas, nigga, we don't feel that. Fuck a fake friend, we your real friends at. Don't
1: do niggas, nigga, we don't feel that.
0: Welcome to another episode of the Francis and Friends podcast. We got, you know, myself, Mr. Francis. Um, yeah, I got a nice little new, new little setup behind me, you know, before it was the Toronto skyline. Now I got all my medals up there. So what it is. Um, but yeah, we got uh, Mr. Tyshawn joining us today. How you doing, brother? I'm good. Better than ever. We'll definitely dive into... Um, what you have done Uh, i'm sure people who are watching us like oh you got this motherfucker on here Uh, (laughs) um, but yeah we'll we'll definitely dive into all that you know we got this is very historical you know we got not not many people out there can say um they were the first in canada to do something um you were that but we'll dive into that in a bit but um how have you been man you've been good i've been good you
1: know life has its ups and downs but you know i've been staying busy which is which has been good, you know. Like my life has changed pretty drastically over the last little bit.
0: What <laughs> overall? Good yeah, for sure. That's dope, man. That's dope. That's dope. Um, something that like <laughs> it kind of hit social media last night. Um, but I found it. I found it very funny. Um, all the memes of the Chris Paul stuff coming up, <laughs> coming on Twitter and all that stuff. Like I don't know if you if you if you seen those memes yet or seen like. Chris Paul waking up this morning, probably like, why is my name all over Twitter right now? What's going on? He's probably waking up, just up to a bunch of mean, mean texts right now. Shit. <laughs> He's probably going through it right now. But like, Twitter's going nuts right now.
1: I only saw on TikTok this morning. I saw, um, you know, a repost about, you know, how Drake is a savage. I'm like, oh, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then we see the picture of every
0: man in Chris Paul jersey. Chris Paul jerseys. Yo, I was like, "What?" <laughs> Chris say, Paul say, saying Drake knew from time, and he just <laughs> um, every man knew, and that just goes to show, like, that's we crazy. don't know
1: what's really going on.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's we crazy. Yeah, that's that's a uh, psychological warfare, man. I, that's that is insane. But yeah, man, let will just uh, jump into a little bit, talk, topping ch- up with you. But um, what did you want to do when you were growing up, man? Like what, like, what, like, what were some of your passions growing up? You know, like. Obviously, know that like you, you you hooped a little bit, but like prior to that, like what like what were you trying to do? Like, you, you, if we, like I I know that your your dad's a comedian and stuff. Like, was that something that you want to kind of dive into? Never. You know what? <laughs> it definitely wasn't comedy.
1: You know what it was? My dad was just he was funny. He was so charismatic, and I knew that I wasn't I wasn't light on that level with him. Yeah, so true. I knew that I don't want to compete with that. Like I don't want to be. <laughs> I don't want to try to be the funniest guy because the funniest I'm already with the funniest guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. never it was never about performing or being in front of the camera or doing comedy or doing anything like that. I think for me, I always wanted to be like from when, I'm, from when I was really young, a lawyer actually. Okay. I was really passionate about debating. I'm really good at, you know, seeing different viewpoints and being able to really make an argument, even an argument I don't believe in. Yeah. yeah. So lawyer was one of them and teacher was another one. Like I really like teaching people and educating people and helping people so those are two things I think I really wanted to do mm-hmm. but as time went on like I realized law isn't what it <laughs> on TV I, I used to love to show law and order in suits like I still watch that yeah 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 I really love but I realized like what you see on there is not what law looks like <laughs> in real life and I it's was like, this ain't it
0: yeah yeah no, that's that's crazy like I I love all, like, this, like, me personally. I love all those law shows. I love Law and Order. I was literally just, just I just caught up on the last season last night, um, like, Blue Bloods. Like, I I love all those shows. So, to hear that, and then, like, I actually know somebody who's actually, like, a real lawyer, you know, and, like, to kind of go through all that and, like, kind of pick his brain a little bit, I realized, like, hey, you know what? It's not like the TV, as, as what you're saying, like, like the courtroom, what you see on the TV and what you, what real life is, it's like night and day. So, it's, interesting that you kind of brought that up as well um so yeah so like what did you go to school for then we you, you went to school for like education and stuff they like you got your master's so what were you what were you in school for well i went to school to play basketball okay that's
1: how it started you know you know those ones are like you're good at ball you're like okay you know what i'm just gonna go to school to yeah play yeah
0: basketball. yeah and
1: i think you know, when I was younger, I really wanted to go somewhere with basketball, whether it was pro. Whether, I think there was a time where, you know, my aspirations were NBA. Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, I was like, OK, realistically, if I'm not division one, my chances for the NBA are a lot slimmer. And I started accepting that. And my body was just kind of breaking down on me. Like I had really bad shin splints. okay, And I was just starting to realize, like, OK, maybe playing basketball for life isn't really for me. And then realizing that I went to university at first to Laurentian University in yeah, Sudbury. And I took economics, and economics, pretty random, actually. (laughs) Uh, It was a course I was really good at in high school. I mean, in hindsight, I would have taken engineering or business, but I was really good at economics in high school, and I was like, you know what? Let me go into this and see what it's about. And it's really about the study of human behavior, and I love analyzing people. So I'm like, if we could quantify and analyze people, that's really interesting. But I'm like, where is that going to go? Yeah. So- in doing my economics courses i took a course called urban geography and i think this really opened my eyes to what i want to do next mm-hmm. um and in doing that course i learned about you know urban planners and what they do and they design communities you know like they design like where schools go where hospitals go where community centers go and they really have an impact on shaping a community and i grew up in such a low-income community and i knew like Okay, this job's very impactful. Like maybe this is something I want to do. And then when I realized that's what I wanted to do, I I decided like I want to go to the best school for that and that ended up being McGill in Montreal. I applied, got my grades up, you know, focused and and really worked towards that. And then, and I ended up being an urban planner for a few
0: years. It's crazy cuz I you can you can't it you can't before like in hindsight, if I knew what I know now, I would never went to school for what I went to school for because that not giving me shit right now. <laughs> you know, like 100%. Like you always say that. But you know what?
1: You also have to realize that, like, if you didn't do what you did, you might not be where you are today.
0: Fair facts. Yeah. You
1: know what I mean and it's like, the, the journey, nothing will miss you that's meant for you. Mm-hmm. And the journey, like, everybody's journey is different. So it's like yeah. you have to realize
0: what you realize in order to be where you're at. Where you're at. Wow. That's facts, man. That's facts. I mean, yeah, but. The money would have been different for sure. <laughs> if, I, if, I, if I knew what I know now, I would never, yeah, I would have, I would have switched that shit up. I would have been engineering for sure. Even something like investing. Like if investing, we knew yeah, investing yeah. from 18, 19, for sure, that yeah. foolishness we were buying, we would have just yeah. invested. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Like it would be life changing, you know, like, and me now with like, with, with kids going forward, that's something that I'm definitely going to like try to gear them towards, you know, like kids are going to be kids and they're going to be their own individual people, you know, but that's, if I, have, if I have power, I'm definitely going to gear them towards like things that actually have like monetary value connected to it. Not just like, yeah. Cause like, cause like, I'm, I'm kind of the same boat. Cause like I, I originally went to school only for basketball. Like I, like I, I hate school. Anyone who knows me knows that David is not a, school guy, you know, but I just did it because oh, well, you can get a free education, you can hoop, you can stay close to home, you know, all that stuff. And I'm like, okay, you know what? Let's give it a try, you know. I didn't pay for school, not a penny for school. And um that's why I did it. But if I kind of had that, that 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 uh hindsight or more, you know, like my my parents are like first generation uh immigrants to Canada, you know. So they mm-hmm. they know n- nothing about business and investing and you know, like, all that stuff that, that kind of makes the world go around, you know? Um, but, yeah, if I had that, that hindsight, I definitely would have done that because this ain't it. No, trust me. It's helpful. You know? like, because, yeah, things aren't just
1: passed down. Like, we're not in a situation where people are just handing us houses and cars yeah. and yeah. hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's like, oh, everything that we did, especially being, like, sometimes the first generation that grew up and was born here. Yeah. It's like... You're starting from scratch. You're starting from scratch.
0: the ground up. You got to figure yeah. that out. Yeah. You quick. Know? Quick to. <laughs> quick. Well, sure. Quick. <laughs> quick. Um, but yeah. Okay. So kind of talking about your journey and stuff. So you went, you went from McGill and uh, fast forward, man, you ended up on Big Brother. So before we even get to you ended up on Big Brother, how did you even think about, like, what, what was that thought process like where you're like, okay, shit, like I'm I'm going to actually try to be on the show. I'm, gonna, I'm actually trying to do this. Like, what was that thought process like before you even got to the camera?
1: Wow. So that was actually quite a long process, um, in the sense that I actually never wanted to be on Big Brother, which may be something you didn't know. I was never a plan of mine, and I had never heard of it really mm-hmm, before yeah. being on it. Yeah. Uh, what had happened was, as I mentioned to you before, my dad's a stand-up comedian, mm-hmm. and when I was still in school, he said to me, he's like, yo, you know what way I can really advance my career? Going on television. And he goes, you know what show would be fun for us? And I'm like, what? He goes the Amazing Race Canada. So I started doing my research. I watched it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm crazy. Like, I'll actually be good at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let's apply. So, you know, we send in a video. We apply. You know, we get called back. Don't get on. Whatever. Mm-hmm. The next year. We apply again. It ends up being a season that's only for heroes. So, like, teachers, doctors, paramedics, like, that kind of season. We don't even apply. Next (laughs) is um, we apply again. Mm -hmm. In this season, um, you know, we get through, things are good, and then guess what year it is? 2020.
0: Yeah, yeah. What happens? Everything shuts down. They're supporting the
1: season indefinitely. So, it's Mm -hmm. like that was pretty – that's pretty heartbreaking because it was like, okay, we're about to be on, mm-hmm. and then it doesn't happen. Yeah. So later on that year, uh, somebody reaches out to me um, from the production team and says, "Hey, um, you should apply for Big Brother Canada. You know, just throw your name in the hat. I- mm-hmm. I've seen you before. Um, we think you you could potentially be a good fit for the show. Like, just try out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Let me, let us know." And I'm like, "What is Big Brother Canada?" <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I come to find out i watch a couple of episodes and I'm like, you know what? Whatever. Let me yeah, throw yeah. my hat. Let's see what happens. Like, you know, I had this fear of being on camera, I had this fear of being on television. I didn't it wasn't it was never a desire of mine to be popular, known, famous, like nothing like that at all. Yeah. So I i, I say whatever. I'm gonna throw my hat into the ring. I throw it in. I get on to the show. <laughs> Like, unbelievable, because I'm like, yeah, yeah. The pandemic, there's nothing else to do. I'm like, nothing why? Yeah, yeah. You know, like, I had my job, but and mm-hmm. I just started a new job in Toronto. Mm-hmm. But I was like, hey, if you guys don't let me do this, I'm going to quit. <laughs> 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 to be honest, I'm like, you. Yeah, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Why not take it, see what happens? Yeah, yeah, about yeah. about, you know, embracing mm-hmm. new opportunities. Life shows you certain things for certain reasons. For sure, yeah. And this is one of those things where I felt like life was presenting me an opportunity, and I needed to take it. Jump on it, yeah. So I
0: jumped on it and ended up on the show, but it was never a plan. Never a plan for it. That's crazy. No. So you get that call, make the show. Like, what are your, what are your thoughts like when you when the, when you get the call? And you're like, yo, you made it. You're on the show. Like, were you like, oh, okay, cool, or were you like, fuck, let's, you know, let's let's jump into it head first? I would say I was I was
1: pretty nervous. No, uh, not do okay. you, like I was excited but nervous at the same time. Because I understand the implications when you're black and you're on television.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I understand that, you know, I was really putting myself in a position. Okay. Yeah, like I'm putting myself out there. And this isn't just a show where, you know, it's it's, they just tell a story and they stick to the story. This is a show where you don't know what the story is going to be. You're going to be monitored 24-7. Yeah. <laughs> it's really about you being you because you can't, you I- can't 24-7, you can't fake it all day, yeah. every day. You gotta mm-hmm. just, eventually, you're just going to be real. Mm-hmm. And that scared me because I'm like, am I going to say something? Am I going to do something? Am I look dumb? Am I going to, mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean? Like, I just didn't know, I felt a lot of pressure because I know also there's not a lot of black people on television. So I was like, are they yeah. going to yeah. see what I do and it's going to represent all black people? Am I going to embarrass mm-hmm. my family? Am I going to embarrass the culture? Am I going to, like, how is this going to look? You know, mm-hmm. but the other part of me was excited. I'm like, yo, I've never done this before who knows what could happen it'll be fun just go in there without
0: any expectations and just have fun have fun with it so you kind of touched on it man you kind of kind of just said you got cameras on you 24/7 well from outside looking in from from me as a viewer looking in and i remember like my my girl was talking about it before she, she was like she used to watch uh big brother after dark and she's like um she she, like, she she, she never knew that like, cameras were on the seven. So like, outside looking in, are the cameras really on, rolling all the time? They're rolling, I would say, 90% of the time or
1: 95% of the time. I think only times they turn them off is when you're put in a position where you can embarrass yourself or, uh, your family, or it's not appropriate for the viewer.
0: Got it, got it.
1: But, because yeah, I, I believe like Big Brother Canada really tries to protect the house guests as much as they can. Mm-hmm. um more so than other big brothers around the world like if you yeah, watch yeah. big brother nigeria for example yeah yeah they're exposing everything like you're, you're <laughs> like, whatever you're doing we're, we're seeing it out there <laughs> yeah like whereas this one is not they're not trying to be as controversial it's more so you know about the story and the show and the competition like yeah, they really yeah. want to keep it like that mm-hmm. and not really ruin people's lives because they understand like you got to go back to your life yeah yeah
0: <laughs> But it's all yeah. real. Like, it's it's being like you're being monitored the whole time. Constantly. That's crazy. So while you're being monitored, like. Are like I'm, I'm 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 so curious to the behind the scenes, like, are there big camera crews following you the whole time? Like, or is it like inconspicuous where like there's like cameras spread out and like you're kind of just there living your life. You don't really notice the cameras
1: so there's a mix of both so there's there's camera crews in. you don't see them but they're there mm-hmm. there's definitely camera crews but you can't see them like the, the, the way the house is set up if you watch the show there's mirrors everywhere yeah, yeah, there's yeah. probably camera crews behind those mirrors but we don't see them mm-hmm. um and then there's just cameras all over the house like i can't remember how many mm-hmm. and they move and they follow you and they're there so yeah, okay do you know they're there but, like, I think at some point, like, when he I, gets to a point in the season where you're just, like, whatever, I'm living my life. Like, I'm going to have yeah. my conversations. I'm going to do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I think me, though, I was still very, I knew, like, I knew what was going on the whole time, so I'm still, yeah. like, I was yeah. still very mindful of things I said and did. Like, I
0: was, yeah. I, I know it was always on my mind, like, ah, oh, shoot, what did I say? Okay, make sure, like, I don't say this. Yeah. I don't. I, yeah, like, like in my head, I'm like, yo, like, if I was on that show, like, I don't know how I would, how I would survive because, like, I live life with like with, with without a filter. Oh, I have a filter. I, you know what? From my job, like you know, I work corporate, so it's like okay,
1: I gotta yeah. come to work and be like, "Hi, how are you? Good morning." <laughs> yeah, code switch. Yeah, you know, so I was very on the, "Hey, how are you?" Like, there's yeah. things I wasn't doing. Like, I wasn't saying nigga. Like, I was one yeah, thing. Yeah. I'm like, We're not mm-hmm. doing that. We're not not doing that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, not here. This is not the yeah. setting. Yeah, yeah, you know, so That's yeah. like, one example of, like, you know, I wasn't saying anything that, you know, in my day-to-day life I may say that yeah. can be
0: taken out of context and Take away, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So I was like, nah. Because like, I say, I like, I like to have fun. I like, like to joke. But there's certain things I'm just like, nah, we're not even going down that road. <laughs> not even touching that. Not even touching it. Like, I don't
0: <laughs> certain words, I'm just not saying. That's definitely a skill. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely say that. Being able to code switch and being able to kind of, um morph into different kind of entities of yourself is definitely a skill because you open up more doors that way you know like you're able to kind of <laughs> be presentable to certain different you know demographics and people that kind of m- might not understand, as you said, like the, a lingo or a term or the context of a conversation that you're having you know. Um, so kind of jumping into the um, so big brother, the competition. So jumping into the competition aspect of Big Brother, you actually won uh, the most competitions in the house for that season. I think you were a total of, I think it was four total. You got three head of households. Um, yeah, which is actually like, I was, I was I was reading up, doing some research before. And like, um, Gary, who was on, I don't know what season he was on before, but he actually went to Laurier with me. Um, and he actually is tied for. Um, the most wins uh, with you, uh, well, the second most, sorry, with, 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 four wins. Um, every time you won, man, every time you won, you nominated somebody up there. Every time you won, you nominated this person and you actually evicted her twice. So my question is from a competition standpoint, was that like legit beef or was it just like, just part of the competition was like, yeah, I'm just, that's gotta get her out. Like what, like, what was the story behind that, from, 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 from a co- competition standpoint? You know, I, I had so
1: much love for Tara, even as a <laughs> human being, throughout the whole show, like, genuine yeah. love. The issue was, Tara wasn't technically one of my people. Fair. So, like, on paper, like, we weren't in the same alliance. She mm-hmm. never mm-hmm. really had my back, in terms of us working together. We never right. were officially yeah. working together. So, whenever it came down to deciding who I'm going to get rid of... It was easy. I was always looking at ah shoot. There you <laughs> are Ah it's you. You know what I mean? Like imagine like you're choosing yeah. people to go on a trip with you. Yeah, yeah. You have all your bridges Yeah. And you, you got have some person finding of your friend, but not really. It's like you gotta burn them. Yeah, yeah. You, know, like, you gotta happen to always be on the outside of the circle. Mm-hmm, and it mm-hmm. was and it wasn't personal. It was just like, yo, we don't have we don't have an arrangement. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, like I understand it's frustrating that I keep burning you, but like we don't have a deal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, all, that's literally all it was. We didn't have a deal. And I think in the end, when I chose to evict her mm-hmm. uh, towards the end of the game, it was a little bit of that mixed with, I just knew the importance we had in that moment mm-hmm. of, you know, somebody Black winning the game. I think it needed to happen. And I think I would have been happy regardless if it was Go Brayden for. or herself. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was just a really important moment. And I knew that evicting Tara would guarantee that. That's- Not to mention there's a chance she may have beat me. And yeah, that was yeah, the other yeah. part. I'm like, she could beat me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I didn't say that to the to the viewers. I think I just yeah, emphasized yeah. the fact that you know this is a season of diversity, and I think mm-hmm. it's really important that the winner of our season reflects that. That
0: that last point is kind of kind of crucial because that kind of brought me to my my my, my next point. Was was that like, when did you kind of know, um, that like as you said, it's a season of diversity, but when did you look at it and say, oh I have a legit chance of like winning this or being like you know the face of the person who wins this you know like being a, a black male you know who winning this event like when did that kind of start start kind of processing and being in your mind?
1: I think it happened once uh Jensen left uh, the show and I think it's for two reasons. I really believe Jetson was like my toughest competition in terms of winning the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I also knew that, you know, once we didn't win, once like our side of the house didn't win, I was able to still survive, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's when I realized, okay, there's a there's a high chance I could win this, right? And then once Jetson left, I'm like, okay, there's even a better chance I can win this. Yeah, yeah. And then we got rid of Kiefer, and I was like, okay,
0: oh, shit. now I got a chance.
1: I'm winning, like you know mean? Like <laughs> no way, like if I don't win this. Like, mm-hmm. I don't like, I really shit the bet. Like, that's yeah, how yeah. I really thought. <laughs> like, no, I can't handle pressure then if I don't win this. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. to me, I'm like, I know everything. I'm the most mm-hmm. physical. I'm, I'm going to win this game. And there's nothing, the only thing that's not going to let me win this is the people who may be mad at me who are I in the jury. Yeah. That was the only thing. I'm like, oh, the jury's salty with me. Cause I know Jetson was in there. I knew Beck was in there. Yeah. I'm like, ah, I don't know how they're going to act.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but they were good it came through it came it's through, through the end. So, like, yeah, so kind of quickly th- just touching on that you had that kind of that, that love triangle going on <laughs> on TV was that for the game? Like, 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 what, like what was your whole thought process in during that?
1: I mean it wasn't technically a real love triangle mm-hmm. I think what why it was framed that way because we thought it was a funny joke and it mm-hmm. kind of turned into what we called the isosceles triangle or the sauce <laughs> and- what really happened was that I think cause Beth and I kind of had a fling starting out in the show, but I was very clear that I did not want any type of, you know, relationship type of thing going on through the show. Cause I feel like that puts a target on your back and will eventually lead to your demise. In in understanding that Beth and I didn't really work out and then Jensen and Beth started dating. So it was very much like, uh, like a weird kind of love triangle situation because Beth and yeah, I were yeah. so close, but she was dating Jetson. And it was just like, and Jetson <laughs> and I were boys. So kind of like it turned into this triangle and we thought kind it was weird. like, let's play on that. It's kind of funny. And if we really were, were tight. Like we were the closest alliance in the house. And I think we're probably one of the strongest alliances in Big Brother history. Like we, mm-hmm. it was a really strong alliance until yeah. things got messy. When things <laughs> got messy, it got messy. And that's, yeah, yeah. That's how it
0: goes, yeah, yeah. It
1: us versus it was us versus them versus me, and I'm like, ah, and if it ever gets to them versus me, I, I can't have both of them here,
0: yeah. And
1: that's yeah. what I'm like, one of them has to go, mm-hmm. and then Jetson was the bigger threat, so it had to be him,
0: yeah, yeah. <sighs> that's crazy, man. So, kind of, <clears throat> so some like, like some some fans and pundits and shit would say that kind of you have played or you played the perfect game, you know, like you were never nominated. You're never really in, like, big danger of being evicted and stuff, you know? Um, And then, so that being said, and then kind of at, towards the end, like, hearing your name being called as Season 9 Winner, like, what was going through your head? Um, and what was that feeling like for you, man? You know, like, as I said, you kind of played the perfect game. Like, you kind of were, as you mentioned, you kind of were st- st- strategic through things. You were kind of thinking through things as the game was going on. And then you end up winning, man. What was that really realization like for you
1: i i think the realization was just it was surprise it was disbelief it was you know gratitude you know from seeing like my fellow peers accept me and 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 nominate me to win the game like i think there was like it was it was a mix of a lot of feelings like I, I, there was disbelief because i'm like what I didn't, I didn't come here to do this i didn't come here expecting this i came here like just to have a good time and see how far i could go but it wasn't like i came here to necessarily win the game like that it's weird that that never crossed my mind and coming in i'm like i black people don't win this game you know that's kind of how i saw it and then as when i when it happened it was like whoa
0: yeah
1: uh me the first black winner like the first the first. Wow. So yeah. there was that, and then this—you know—my peers just being grateful that, you know, they recognized me as a winner. They saw my strengths. They—they they taught me so much throughout the game. And there was just there was so much love there. Like it was really, it was really a full circle moment for me, and like mm-hmm. a life changing one at that. And I didn't even realize at the time. And I'm like, I'm actually getting a hundred k in my bank account in a couple that's crazy. days. Like, yeah, that's crazy. What? <laughs> you know, so there there was really a lot there to unpack. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: But in the moment, it was just, it was disbelief. I didn't really have words to describe it. As I said, like being the first, like not many people can say, no, nah, I'm the first. No, like you're the first black person, black male, black Canadian to win Big Brother Canada. And that's, 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 that's a high, high accomplishment. And I said, not many people can say that, man. Yeah, man. So you kind of touched on, winning and the significance of winning and being the first black anything to win you know big brother canada um so kind of fast forwarding and kind of fast forwarding a little bit and kind of also kind of reverting a little bit um next time we see you on tv you're with your pops and you're on season eight of the amazing uh amazing race you know um i guess i want to say how that full circle moment? So you so you, so as you as you as you mentioned, you started out um, trying to be on Amazing Race, kind of getting the idea that you're going to be on Amazing Race, and then the world world stopped, <clears throat> and then you're on Big Brother, and then you win Big Brother, and now you're on Amazing Race. Like, what was that process like? How did you they, did you have to reapply? Like, what what was that process like for you to be back be back on Amazing Race with your pops?
1: No, so technically the season was postponed. So, okay. Okay, I didn't know that. So we were casted for that season already. Okay. Um, beforehand, and yeah, we just went ahead and and ended up doing it. I, you know, I think my concern was that there might be some issues because I was just on a show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, like the, there's there's a like there's a lot of contract stuff that that led me to believe that it would be challenging for me to be on the race, mm-hmm. but it ended up working out. Yeah, that that's kind of how it happened. Like it was just kind of it was already
0: supposed to happen. Already, already happened. Got it.
1: Yeah. So it just kind of once they felt comfortable airing and shooting the show, we we went ahead and did it. OK, OK. So.
0: I remember growing up watching it because like kind of kind of like you, like I never really knew what Big Brother was. I watched it a little bit because, like, I, as I said, like I know Gary, he and I went to school together. Um, So I kind of watched that a little bit. I remember growing up watching some of, some of the Big Brother like in the U.S. stuff. Um, but, but Amazing Race is something that I, I was always fascinated with. I'm always like, shoot, a kid from Toronto, a kid from Scarborough, like, I've never seen any of that stuff, you know, like, any of the stuff that, that they showed and stuff. So I'm like, yo, this is kind of dope. Um, and I actually had like, <clears throat> when I was in high school, so I actually had the thought of like, wanting to kind of jump on, be on Big Brother. And like, there was this other show that was on TV, I don't remember what it was called, but it was like, oh, Wipeout. No, 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 no. Another show I was like, yo, like, I, I think I could do that, you know? Um, yeah. I think I could do that. but um. Kind of looking back at the the race, um, which which leg you you, you guys ended up finishing seventh place, like which leg was most challenging for you? Like which
1: probably the leg that we, we got
0: eliminated. eliminated maybe on that one, yeah,
1: maybe so, that one exactly. or yeah, I would say that one and that one for a few reasons. Um, not because the challenges were diff- the the most difficult, they were, but I think it was the fact that. There were so many other factors at play. So, you know, there was express passes still in play. So teams could advance past certain challenges on that leg. I think because of the fact that other teams were working together and we weren't included in that group, that didn't help the situation. There were teams that had a head start on that leg. That put us behind a bit, which didn't help the situation. And then we had a sign language challenge. My dad and I were one of the few teams that didn't know sign language going into it. Yeah, (laughs) which made that another challenge. So for that reason, I would say that leg was the most difficult. And they were eliminating two teams on that leg.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: First ever (laughs) time doing that. So not only did we, we we couldn't come last, but we also couldn't come second Second last. last. Yeah, yeah. So for that reason, I say that leg was the most challenging in that sense because there were so many things not in our favor. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The leg that was... Also very challenging was our leg in. Um, we were in Vernon, and Kel- I don't think we we're in Kelowna. We we're in Vernon, and like uh, wine country uh, or, or yeah. Lake Country, sorry, in BC. Yeah. That was very difficult because we got so behind. Yeah, like I remember my dad doing the biathlon, could not hit this target to <laughs> save life, and it was <laughs> snowing, snows blowing, everybody's leaving, and he's just like I can't. <laughs> Like, I remember just being like, and I couldn't help him. There's nothing I could do. I just had to stand there in the cold and be like, I've got this. I'm frustrated just trying to watch somebody finish something and they can't, like, you can't do it. They, they, they're they not doing it, but, like, yeah, yeah. you can't help. There's nothing you can say or do. All you gotta do is be positive. And it was, like, the <laughs> hardest moment because it's just, like, snow is coming down. I'm freezing. He's freezing. He's shaking. He's trying to shoot a gun and he can't see anything. And I'm just like, yo, you got it. <laughs> That, that was definitely challenging, and we had to come from behind mm-hmm. and, you know, do some slick shit to end up not coming last on yes. that leg. So, like, that leg, I think that leg was mentally the most difficult, mm-hmm. but I would say, like, the one where we got eliminated was just, there was just so many things so than... against us. Like, it was just like, oh, my God. Like, there's so many obstacles
0: beyond yeah. just the challenges. So, kind of, you, you, you kind of touched on it and saying that, like, yeah, that, that, that last leg, you couldn't come in last. You also couldn't come a second man. So, as you guys are approaching the end of that race, you guys kind of feel like shit, yeah, we, this might be the end of the road kind of thing. Or were you guys still pushing through and positive towards the end, you know? No, we knew. We knew. There was like,
1: and when we were driving to the, the the pit stop, there ended up being like a bridge closure that put us on like a 30 minute detour. And at that point, we're just like, yeah, this is over. Let's do it. And you know, my dad still had a little bit of hope, but I knew, like I was just, like <laughs> absolutely finished. Yeah, it was heartbreaking because I didn't want to leave in that in that manner on um, mm-hmm. a first ever. Hey, there's another first. First yeah. ever <laughs> double elimination. Yeah, yeah. There I you
0: think,
1: go. Kind so of, I kind of accepted it. Like it, it just wasn't. We weren't destined to win that show,
0: mm-hmm. or that.
1: I, that, that,
0: that was really. That was my takeaway. Mm-hmm. There was a different lesson in that for us. Yeah. I mean, like, as I said, like, Amazing Race is something that I actually, like, prior to, like, actually knowing what what Big Brother was, like, I actually, like, had fun watching Amazing Race. And one of the things that I always thought about, like, I always see that, like, the most strenuous moments were, like, when you're, like, traveling or, like, trying to get, um, like, on a plane or whatever. Like, you're trying to travel. Like, what was the most strenuous moments? Like, what would be, I guess you say, like, your top two moments where you're, like, yo, like, like, you kind of Touched on one where you're, like, you're, you're in BC and you couldn't kind of uh, help your dad in that moment. But like what other moment in there where you're like, yo, this is like tough. This is difficult. Like this is strenuous. Like what was one of those other moments like for you?
1: Definitely rafting down the Kananaskis River in yeah. Alberta. Yeah. I would say that was that was strenuous because our we couldn't control our raft at all. And we were just going down the river, circling circling and we're in last place and we didn't know how to control it. And it was just, that was just very, very frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, And we ended up getting soaked. All my stuff got soaked. Yeah, My passport got like, it was just, it was a mess. And then after that I had to go tie a diamond hitch knot <laughs> with dry hands, freezing. Like, I'm like, this is, this can't be it. Like this, off. like I feel horrible. I want to go home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> i in there like, I just want to go home. Like, this is why we, why are we doing this?
0: Yeah. This I hate this. That's crazy. You know, and it know what was a double hitch knot is. Listen, <laughs> I remember the guy was just showing
1: us, but he couldn't, see, he couldn't say any words. He would just <laughs> go through, loop it there, under this way, back this way, up through. This, and you had to go back and replicate at your station what he was doing. Yeah, so yeah. Run back to like your station and make the same knot he was making in reverse. <laughs> so, like, this, this, like, what is this, man? Like, what did I do to deserve this? Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, and you're not eating all day. Like, you're just on the move. Like, it's just, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's stressful. Like, 100% the
0: most stressful thing I've ever been a part of. I, I don't doubt that. Like, watching it, I'm like, yo, this is crazy. Like, I remember other, other, like, other seasons, other episodes, where I watched people, like, being at airports and being like, left behind off a flight and like, just like, just like shit like that. Just like things that you can't really control shit like that. And they're happening like, yo, like I don't know what I would do, you know? Okay. So <clears throat> just kind of fast forwarding, kind of, you kind of touched on big brother, touched on amazing race, kind of touched on you kind of being the first, you know, and, and, and many things. I want to kind of t- talk about um, life after the TV. What has that been like for you, man? Like you kind of you kind of mentioned that when we started this, you mentioned how um things have changed. Like what has that been like? What what has that, that looked like for you?
1: Well, it's why well, I say it's changed so much is because I I quit my job from being an urban planner mm-hmm. and pursued a different direction, one of entrepreneurship and one of kind of you know figuring out my journey. Mm-hmm. Uh that's why I would say it was so different, because I went from being corporate nine to five mm-hmm. um to straight entrepreneur so in that sense it was very different and life after you know television especially the first time like big brother was was interesting like it was very I obviously felt like a a sort of a celebrity in the sense that you know everybody knew me on the streets and saying hi everybody wanted pictures like that was very different to me not something I was I was used to so that was kind of that was an interesting moment because I didn't understand to what extent the show, like, I didn't understand, like, the show was that big. Yeah, to people, yeah. You know, so I was just like, oh, shoot, like, I really watch this. <laughs> it's a thing. You know, and in doing that, it was like, okay, what's next for me? And I think that's when I kind of, you know, started consulting with people who were on the show before mm-hmm. and and kind of getting a pulse in the room. Like, what should I do next? And, and that's what kind of led me to influencing. Mm-hmm. So... You know, I started off doing like Instagram, and then I got onto TikTok, and you know, YouTube Shorts now, and really started, you know, wanting to make a difference and and spread my message and and really start, you know, having an influence and in, on the greater world because I I definitely had that on the show, so yeah. I was like, okay, what? How can I continue to spread my message? Mm-hmm. And in 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 going on this journey, I also realized that. You know, I have a specific message I want to spread. And it's really about, I think, mental health became one of my big pillars just because of how I was feeling post-show. Mm-hmm. I think I really had an epiphany moment when, you know, I was at the highest point or supposedly supposed to be the highest point in my life, and mm-hmm. I felt this feeling of emptiness. You know, like, I just had won $100,000. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, one Big Brother Canada. Everybody knows me. You know, mm-hmm. you would think from looking outside looking in that this is like – yeah, this is the best point of my life. But I remember just feeling empty inside. And I questioned, like, if I'm feeling this way, what are others going through who have less? You know, what are others going through who are living paycheck to paycheck or don't have their parents in their lives Mm -hmm. or, you know, don't have a roof on their head or whatever? Like, it made me think on that bigger scale, like, you know, I, I have to be grateful for the things I do have, but I also have to speak on You know mental health because this is a thing if i'm if i'm where i am Mm -hmm. i know that nobody's invincible to it right maintaining that and taking care of your health is is really important and that's kind of the message once i once i understood that i'm like okay i have to speak on this because i can't i can't go out there and pretend to the world that i'm good and that everything's okay
0: okay. like i have a bigger
1: purpose and a bigger message and i think that's kind of what drives everything I do now. Is that my purpose now is to be a messenger, and to try to help people and you know influence communities and and help others reach their potential and spread a message. And that's really what I've been about, and it's been working so far. And I can see like I'm gaining traction. You know, I'm growing. I'm reaching audiences. I'm having great conversations. I'm 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 really in a space that feels
0: like it's it's the right space for me to be in. That's that's dope. I mean, like of touching on the mental health part. Like I, I follow you on Instagram and stuff. Like, and like I seen like this the other day, you're kind of, you are, you are on a mental health uh, platform and you're kind of speaking to, to that. Like what was that experience like and like um, what was that all about?
1: It was another full circle moment. So like, yes, like I said, I used to work for the government yeah. and I was asked to come in to speak to government officials on their lunch and have a panel discussion about, you know, men's health and movember and what it's like um as a black man uh managing my health and managing my mental health and in, in relation to you know trauma and yeah. all the other things that you face growing up black in canada Canada, and yeah. the unique opportunity to go in and really speak about my experiences like what it was like growing up with my parents and growing up with my grandparents and you know being told that you know, you're not allowed to feel like you're not allowed to express your feelings. You just have to get through things, and you got to be gonna work twice as hard as someone white, and you're gonna deal with racism. And like, you, I started talking about all the different weights that are on us, yeah, as, as black people, mm-hmm. just trying to navigate through life, and that it's it's very heavy, for sure, yeah. And that just it impacts our mental health, and it comes out with in different people in different ways. Some people it's fear, some people it's anger, some people it's it's, it's different yeah. to everyone. So I, I really went in there and told that story about my life and, and how, why I'm on this journey right now. And I think it was, it, it
0: definitely was very impactful. No, I mean, no, that's that that's something that uh, I talk to people quite often about, what's about, about, about trauma, you know, like, and like being a black male originally from, like I'm originally from Scarborough, from, like from Galloway and from like those that know, know that like, I'm from the trenches, you know, like I'm really from Drake has a song. He has a song called pop Star. He's talking about 4301. Like I grew up in that building, like, you know, like I've been there and I've seen things I've been around things. all all that stuff. Um, And then moving to Alberta and like being a a black, like a big black male in Calgary, Alberta, you know, like there's so much trauma that is associated with um all of that. And it's like, People don't people from the outside looking in don't see it as strongly. They're it as, oh, it's just another black black kid or another, you know, black dude out here. Um, so kind of you kind of having the, the ability to kind of touch to touch on or talk or speak to the government yeah. and in that space as a black male and kind of speaking to um the traumas that associate to that is like as dope, you know, and that's good for you, man. Appreciate that for sure. You know, cause that that does more for um not only yourself, but like just like black men in that in this space and black men in general, you know, um yeah, speaking towards that trauma,
1: you know, and it's a space we're not often in. Like how many yeah. black influencers do you know? Yeah, how many times have you gone to a seminar in government and seen, you know, a black man like myself and where I come from? I would never have imagined that I would be able to talk to an audience that I was talking to. like we're talking mm-hmm. like ambassadors. yeah, we're talking like. This is federal government in Ottawa. Like, yeah,
0: yeah. I never would have thought I would have had that opportunity just in coming where I come from. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Well, I will say this, man. I appreciate you jumping on here, chopping it up for me. You know, this is a Friday afternoon. Um, I definitely appreciate the time. You know, I'm trying to stay warm out here. Uh, like I'm, I'm, I'm out, I'm out here in Calgary now, and we have like feels like minus forty right now. You I- I lived out
1: there for a bit. Yeah, I lived in <laughs> Everton.
0: Yeah, <Listen, laughs> the weather out there, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: It's,
0: it's different, you know. It's 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 like, yeah, it's 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 insane. And like the weather hits you at times. Where you're like, you don't you don't really expect it. Like you'll like one day you'll be outside you'll be like plus fifteen. You, you stay home for a day, and then you go outside like, yo, why is it minus thirty outside? Like what like like what are you really on right now? It's yeah. crazy, it's crazy. It yeah all right well uh, another episode of Francis and Friends we got Tyshawn on here appreciate you joining us man anything you want to say to the viewers before you head out man So follow me on Insta TikTok
1: YouTube whatever you want to it's Tyshawn T-Y-C-H-O-N X Carter all right.